welcome <laughs> to those of you that are watching right now. And by faith, we believe that you are watching. Faith works in a lot of different ways. And, uh, you know, the imagination is, is really a powerful tool. It's a powerful tool for the negative, but it can also be a powerful tool for the positive. And uh, as I began to preach here, I'm going to use it for a positive. I'm going to use it to hear Brother Lewis every now and then. Yeah! I'm going to use it to see Brother and Sister Prasad right over here to my left that are connected and, 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 and others of you. And then I may preach to these wonderful worship team a little bit as well. Also, I thought about, you know, we, we could, um, we could, uh, I, I hope I, I'm, we're not here to put on a performance, so I'm just going to be me and whatever. We're not, this isn't about putting on a show for anybody. So, um, I thought we could kind of do like they do on the sitcoms, you know, in the sitcoms, they, they put in the laughter, the fake laughter. I thought we could, we could get them to, from the sound booth to pipe in some amens and, um, and all that good stuff. But anyway, I, uh, I, I, I've been saying this in various forms of communication, but at, at the end of the day, we needed God before COVID-19. And we're going to need God when COVID-19 has passed. In fact, this isn't to depress you, it's just to give you a little bit of perspective according to the American Cancer Society every or, or excuse me the, the est, based on past years the, the estimate for this year is that 1.8 million people will be diagnosed with cancer this year 893,000 of those will be males and 912,000 will be females out of that 1.8 million, 606,000 will die this year from cancer. 321,000 of those males, 285,000 of those females. In 2019, over 840,000 people died from car- cardiovascular deaths, heart-related issues and things of that nature. It is estimated that over 37,000 people die every year from some type of road-related accident. 37,000 people every year. So stay with me because I'm not about to preach a discouraging, depressing message. In fact, quite the opposite. But I, I just wanted to bring the context again. This is, this is just a... This is just another opportunity for our faith in God and our trust in God to be solidified. And again, once it's gone, we we still need that faith and confidence and trust in God. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I, I, many of you have heard me say this. Every time I preach, every time I minister... (laughs) worship team is standing so i'm assuming you're standing at home too but we won't know that <laughs> every time i preach it is my goal my dad is 
I mean this in a very positive way, has hammered this into me for as long as I can remember. It is, it is the responsibility when we go to minister to find out what God wants to say and do. And so to the best of my ability, I always do that. I, I don't just pick what I think is, is um, a good message, a good thought. I want to preach what God wants me to preach. And, and that being said, I, I, I believe I've learned how to hear from God. I believe I've learned to preach what God gives me to preach. But I, I'm going to simply allow the word of the Lord to do most of the preaching this morning. And so rather than you just hearing my words, and I'm sure I will insert a little bit here and there, or hopefully the Lord through me will insert a little bit here and there, I, I, want, you to, I want you to hear some things today afresh that the Word of the Lord has to say. I'm actually about to read a bunch of verses to start in addition to the rest, so you can sit down whenever you choose to sit down, <laughs> whether you're present or at home. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 7 says, We have this treasure. And there is there anybody, you can, you can type an amen, you can type a high five on Vimeo, on Facebook, you can, you can shout out there your amens and your hallelujahs. Um, but I am glad to know that I've got a treasure in this earthen vessel. And the excellency of the power is of God, and it is not of us. We are troubled on every side, but not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. You know, the other thing I've thought about finding the silver lining in all this, one of Brother Jalen and media team, one of the, and and Brother... Uh, Spriggs and others that help with our climate. The the beauty, uh, one of the one of the silver lining in all of this is, you control the volume. You control the temperature. So if it's not loud enough, it's on you. If it's too loud, turn it down. If it's too hot, too cold, that's that's pretty neat. So, anyway. <laughs> Persecuted but not forsaken, cast down but not destroyed. And I would rather you be here with your hands and your ears with us. So just for the record, I'm not. Don't get used to this. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We, having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not. 
But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Verse number 18, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal or temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your eternal word. I thank you that heaven and earth may pass away, but your word is never going to pass away. I thank you that we can rely upon your word today. We can put our faith and confidence, our trust in your word. God, I thank you for the written word you've given us. And I pray this morning that the written word would become a rhema, a fresh living word. I pray, God, that your word would minister to the hearts and lives of those that are listening and watching right now, Lord. That that this would not be, God, a sermon, but it would be a message from you that would that would find good ground in hearts today, that it might produce what you desire it to produce. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I trust you today, God. I trust you again today to be a conduit through which you can speak and minister. I trust you for your anointing, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. This is, this is just the foundation. But I think Paul gives us a clue as to how we make it through the circumstances that we are in and that we may go through. And that is by, by learning and deciding what it is we're going to keep our eyes on. Paul says the way we get through this, our light affliction, is that we are not looking at what we See, but we are looking at what we do not see. We are not focusing our attention on the things that come and go in this life, but we are focusing on our, our attention on the principles, the eternal, eternal principles of the Word of God. And this treasure is in an earthen vessel. It's in an earthen vessel that, that, that again, reminds me of what I've been saying and probably will continue to say, and that is that God understands the frame that we are made from. He knows that we're but dust. He, he knows that we've got weaknesses and, and we are frail as human beings. And, and yet He has deposited in that type of vessel a treasure, an excellent treasure, an amazing treasure, so that the the ability and the strength is not from us, but it is from the power of God. So let's, let's, uh, let's look at some things. Let's, let's see some things that the Word of God has to say that we can fix our eyes on today. In John 1, in verse number 1, 
John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. I want you to notice John bringing up the the idea of light here. He says that in him was life, and that that life was the light of men. That light shines into the darkness, and the darkness cannot comprehend it or or actually the, the meaning there is the darkness cannot overpower the light. It doesn't matter how dark the night, it doesn't take but a little bit of light to give enough light to be able to, to, to walk around. You, you may not get enough light to fully function from the, the light from your, your cell phone, but it's enough to, to navigate through the house without stubbing your toe on the corner of the bed or the corner of the door. Light cannot be overtaken by the darkness. But I want, you to, I want you to see some things, hear some things that the psalmist, long before John said that he was the light that would, that would shine into our darkness and the darkness could not overtake it. The, the psalmist says in Psalm 119 and verse 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and it is a light unto my path. John says that the word was with God, and the word was God. And then he says that the word that became flesh was light. And yet, long before those words were ever said, the psalmist says, I know that your word is a light unto my feet. It is what guides me. It is what directs me. I think we would call that revelation. So listen to what else the psalmist says in Psalms 27 and verse number 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Take note, please, of the pronouns that the psalmist, that David, in fact, the author of this psalm is using. He doesn't say that the Lord is a light. He doesn't, he doesn't say it in a general, broad sense. He says, the Lord is my light and He is my salvation. Whom shall I be, of whom shall I be afraid? The word salvation there in the Hebrew means deliverance, rescue, safety, welfare, victory. The Lord is my safety. The Lord is my protection. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I'm going to make a Music Monday recommendation here. Some of y'all need to get a little bit of William Murphy up on your phones. Everlasting God. Don't do it right now, but later on, go on Spotify or go on uh, iTunes. And if you don't have those, just go on YouTube and look it up. And, and, and you need to play it as loud as you can play it. I had a little trouble getting dressed this morning. I was 
I was, I was dressed. I don't want y'all thinking TMI here. I was, I was dressed, but I, I was trying to button my shirt up and, and I had it, I had it as loud as it would go and, and I was trying to tie my tie and I, I just felt a little dance in my step because the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Oh, hallelujah. We set our hope on you. We put our hope in the one who is the everlasting God. Hallelujah. When the wicked, even my enemies and foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. For in the time of trouble He shall hide me in His pavilion. In the secret of His tabernacle shall He hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Kind of reminds me of kids when they play hide and seek. A child, a toddler, a, a, a small child, when they play hide and seek, they think if you, if they can't see you, you can't see them. So they'll hide in a way that, that their, their, their eyes are blocked from seeing everybody else. And so they think because they can't see others, others can't see them. But we understand that that's not the way it works. But can I tell you, you might not see the pavilion that I am under right now. You may not see the tabernacle that I am dwelling in. But I want to tell you today, I am in the secret place of the Most High. And in the time of trouble, He's going to hide me. He's going to protect me. He's going to cover me. Hallelujah. And now, and now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. And is that not what we have done here this morning in this sanctuary and wherever you are gathered in spite of our circumstances, in spite of the uncertainty of what tomorrow holds, we have found a hiding place and it is a place where we can find joy in the midst of what may be causing everybody else depression and discouragement Exodus 14 and verse number 30 the children of Israel have come through the waters of the Red Sea and the waters have have over have have uh, swallowed up Pharaoh's army verse number 30 thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and sent and, and his servant Moses 
Chapter 15, verse number 1, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he is become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him a habitation. My Father's God and I will exalt Him. He inhabits the praises of His people. That's why I am confident that wherever you have watched from this morning or wherever you are watching from right now, that as you have begun to offer up praise and worship, that the presence of God has moved in there because you have given God a habitation. And that's another reason why worship and praise is not just what we do Sunday morning and Sunday night or Thursday night or whatever other times we come together. But worship should be something that is done on a daily basis. Because I don't want God just to dwell in this sanctuary as we worship together. But I want God to be in my car when I'm riding down the road. I want God to be in the office with me. I, I want God to be out in public when I'm out in public. And if I'll give God some place to dwell, He is going to make that His habitation. And I'm going to be in a safe and a secure place. Oh, hallelujah. Psalms 84 and verse number 8. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. Uh, my apologies wherever you are. I think I'm probably supposed to be just talking to you this morning, but I just feel like we're doing what we normally do. Hallelujah. He's our shield. He's our light in the darkness. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I'd rather be where the presence of God is than any other place. Isaiah 12 and 1, Isaiah says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Isaiah 60 and 1. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen 
upon thee. We, we, don't know, we don't know what all's going to happen when everything shakes out once this crisis is over. Sadly, there may be some, there may be some businesses that don't recover. They're not able to make it through. There, there may be some things that do not return to the way they were. But I'm here today to declare to you that once this is all over, the church is still going to be here. And not only is it going to have just survived this crisis and these circumstances, but we're going to come through stronger. And we're going to come through with more confidence, not only in God, but also in the church of the living God. Because there may be gross darkness in the earth, but there's a light that's still going to shine and the darkness cannot overcome that light. Psalms 18 and verse 1, David says, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler or or my shield and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. Whether that enemy may be other people or if that enemy is a virus or any other thing that's around me, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength. Oh, I hope you're able to say today, not that He is the God, and not that He is a God, but I hope you're able to say today, He is my God. Psalm 62 and 1, David says, Truly my soul waiteth upon God, from Him cometh My salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Verse 5, he repeats this in verse 6. Verse 5, my soul, wait thou only on God, for my expectation is from Him. What is your expectation from today? Is your expectation from the next presidential briefing that's going to come? Is your expectation from the next next uh, briefing that's going to come from our governor? Is that what your expectation is? Your expectation based on what Fox News says or CNN says or what social media says? I don't know about you, but how about if we make an agreement today that my expectation is going to come from God. And when my expectation comes from God, I can have the confidence that everything is going to be all right. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. Some of you probably have never heard it before. There's an old song that says, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Anchored in Jehovah, I shall not be moved. Trust in Him at all times. Ye people, pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. God is a refuge for us. I, I, want, you to, I want you to notice something, and not every psalm was written by David, and I've tried to 
make note of some of the ones here that are, that are uh, attributed to David. But the ones that David wrote, I want to remind you that, that David was a man who experienced great adversity. David was a man who went through some very difficult situations. David, David went, one of the things David went through was being chased down by Saul and Saul's army. One man being chased by Saul's army and, and God delivered him out of that. And there are numerous other uh, uh, things that David went through that God delivered him from. So when David says that he is my rock, my fortress, my salvation, this is, this is someone that's got some experience talking. This is someone that knows what it's like to be in situations that are completely against you and for God to work those things out. And if David could be a testimony of that today, then you and I ought to be able to take a hold of the words of these psalms and say, if God could get David through that, God can get me through this. And God can get me through whatever else may come in my future. Psalm 118 and verse 14, The Lord is my strength and song. And is become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacle of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. I wonder if there's anybody this morning that you can echo what David said and say, I'm not going to die. I, I, and I don't mean that necessarily physically, and you can say it that way, but I, but I, mean, that, I mean that more so figuratively. I, I am not going to be overcome by these circumstances. I am not going to be defeated by these circumstances, but I'm going to live and I'm going to declare the works of the Lord. Psalm 46 and verse 1, God is our refuge. And strength. And I love the next part of this verse. A very present help in trouble. He is a very present help in trouble. Sometimes we try to avoid the very place that God is because we want to stay away from trouble in our lives. And the psalmist says that God is in trouble. Not that God is in trouble, but God is in trouble. I know that really clarified that. Not that God is overwhelmed by trouble, but God is in our trouble with us. I've heard Brother Libby say, Brother Ron Libby, a couple of times now, and, and, and I think the first time I was, I was sitting talking with him, and it was one-on-one, and, 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 and he said, where's God? He asked me, where's God? Which is often the question we ask, and no doubt some have asked that question the last couple of days. Where are you, God? Brother Libby said to me, and he did it, he said, take your finger and put it right here. You want to know where God is right now? Right there. Where else can God be? Where else can God go? God fills all space. Fills all time. God hasn't gone anywhere. The problem is we judge God's presence or or, or we judge whether or not God is with us by the circumstances. 
When things are going good, we don't have much trouble believing that God is with us. When, when our life is in order and we're healthy and our family's doing well, it's not hard to believe that God is with us. But it's when things start to go wrong and we suddenly question, where is God? I seriously don't think anyone has ever had their boss walk into the office and say, uh, you know, you've been doing such a great job and, and, and we've been so impressed with your, your work and all that. We want to reward you, so, so we're giving you a raise. I don't think any person, when their boss has walked out of their office, has thrown their hands up in the air and said, Why, God? Why, God? Why did you do this to me? Never crosses your mind. In fact, usually what crosses your mind is, well, finally, they recognize I deserve this. But when we get bad news, that's our question. Why, God? Where did you go? Nowhere. He can't go anywhere. He's right there. I, I, I know it's not scripture. I know it's a poem written by a man and not necessarily under divine inspiration, but, but, but in, in, the, in the context of this verse that he is a very present help in trouble, I, I think of the poem Footprints in the Sand. And, and over the last couple of years after, after this verse has stood out in my mind a number of times, I've, I've thought about the, that, that poem and, and, and what the, the writer says. When everything was going good, there was two sets of footprints. But when trouble came, when adversity came, there was only one set of footprints. And the question is asked, where did you go? Where did you go, God, when I was in trouble? And of course, the poem is that those are not the individual's footprints. And and the thing that has so stood out to me from that is that that we, we don't even realize when God is carrying us. We don't even, we don't even recognize most of the time that, that we are not operating under our own strength and ability. God just comes along and picks us up and carries us and somehow we think we're still operating on our own ability and strength. I, I've said this before, some of you have been in services when I've used this preaching, but I've watched people in church all my life for as long as I can remember. I've watched people in a church service, the power of God, presence of God is moving. Man, some of them get that Holy Ghost shake and it's like they plugged into the outlet with a screwdriver and they're just going crazy and whoo boy, they got the power of God. I've been to a lot of viewings for funerals in my life. A lot of viewings where the person in the casket, as best everybody knew, they had gone to heaven. They had lived the life and, 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 and had finished their course and, had, and reached their eternal reward. And I've seen people, loved ones, family members standing around that casket who had the hope that the person in the casket was saved. But I have never one time... Been in, a, been in a viewing at a funeral home where somebody was standing there next to the casket. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Boy, I feel the power. I've never seen I may see it one day. I've never seen it yet. 
And that's part of our problem. We measure the power and presence of God by how much somebody's shaken. And I would, I would propose to you today that the more effective presence and power of God is when you're not even really aware that it's there working. I, I know some of you may not have been getting your Holy Ghost shake on the last couple of days as you've been quarantined in your own houses. But can I tell you this morning, God has been, is, and will be right there with you. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I kind of like this preaching with y'all already at home. I can just take my time. Verse number 2. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though COVID-19 runs rampant in our world, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. Oh, somebody needs to get this next verse. There is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. The holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. I, I think what we've been feeling here today is a river. It is a stream of the power and the presence and the virtue of the Spirit of God. God is in the midst of her. He shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered His voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Psalmist says, in, excuse me, Isaiah says in Isaiah 43 and verse 1. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Before me, behind me, always beside me. No shadow, no valley where you won't find. You know why there's no shadow and no valley where he won't find you? Because he's already with you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because thou art with me. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable and I have loved thee. Therefore I will give men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. Fear not, for I am with thee. Somebody needs to get a post-it note out right now, right where you are. Right down on there. Fear not, God is with me. Stick it on the refrigerator. Get another one out. Fear not, God is with me. Stick it on your bathroom mirror. Get another one out. Put fear not, God is with me. Stick it on the door you go in and out of every day when you do go out. God is with me. Psalms 
Psalm 42, verse 5. Oh, what a, what a fitting verse. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Why, why are you in so much internal turmoil? Why is there so much internal anxiety? Why, are, why is there so much fear? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise Him for the help of His countenance. Psalm 56 and 3, David says, What time I am afraid, I will trust in Thee. I, I have heard, I don't mean this to be offensive to anyone, and if some of you are watching right now and, and, and you've shared things, I'm not shooting at anybody right now. And since I'm not going to call any names, no one will know who you are. But, but I've gotten some inside information a couple of times in the last week. In fact, one of those times... Completely changed, I'm, I'll say this very vaguely as best I can. One of those times completely changed some plans, some things that I was currently involved in, in a very significant way. And, and, and I have to be honest with you, they, they caused a little bit of anxiety and, and I, I made some decisions and changes to, to my schedule and whatever and, and responded to that and... Whatever was supposed to happen didn't happen. And, 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 and I've heard several times now, and, and, and I'm not telling you that we should discount everything that's being said, but, but I am telling you, we all need to get off the roller coaster. <laughs> we need to get off of it. You need to get off the roller coaster of social media if that's what it's causing. You need to get off the roller coaster of watching the news. And you need to get off the roller coaster of reading the news. And you need to get your head in this book. Because I can tell you today, this trumps everything we're dealing with right now. This is greater than any circumstance we were in, are in, or will be in. And oh boy, I might as well get in it while I'm in it. I, I, y'all, well, I'm really feeling like it's a normal day right now. You, 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 you apostolic conspiracy theorists, get off of social media. Not only what you're reading, but quit posting. Who? I, I'm not saying this because I think it. I don't know. And to be very honest, if this is naive, call me naive. I don't care. Who cares if this was a man-made, man-manufactured man deal? Who cares? Have you not read your Bible? Have you not seen things that appeared to be man-made, man-motivated, politically motivated? Just go reread the birth of Jesus. You don't even have to have a conspiracy theory. It's right there. Herod was out to kill Jesus. No need to think about it. He was out to do it. And yet it was all a part of the plan of God. And God knew how to protect that baby that had just been born. 
Oh, man, I, I, I don't. <laughs> Hallelujah. Y'all riding every, who cares? Who cares? Who cares if it's political? Who cares? Who cares? Because all of it has to fit in alignment with God's purpose and God's plan. And ultimately, God is sovereign and everything is under His control. If He allows it, He's got a purpose. If He stops it, He's got a purpose. If man is the cause of it, there's a purpose. If nature's the cause of it, there's a purpose. What time I am afraid. I'm just going to choose. And why don't you join me today? We will trust in you. Romans 8, 31. I'm, I'm almost done. What shall we say to these things? What shall we say to these things? What shall we say to sickness? What shall we say to disease? What shall we say to economic crisis? What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ. Jesus our Lord I want you to notice back in verse 35 notice the question that Paul asks who not what but who shall separate us from the love of Christ and so Paul asks the question who shall separate us but if you'll notice in the next couple of verses the things that Paul mentions are not who but they're what Persecution, distress, famine, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. And he says, height, depth, angels, principalities, power, things present, things to come. Height, depth, any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Paul didn't answer it in those verses, but there's an answer to verse 35. And the answer of who shall separate us from the love of Christ is ourselves. It's not my circumstances that separate me from the love of Christ. It's not what I'm going through that separates me from the love of Christ because nothing can separate. In fact, the psalmist said, if I, if I make my bed in hell, <laughs> you're there. What separates me from the love of Christ is me. Allowing my fears to overtake me. Allowing my doubts to overwhelm me. And so therefore, I am separated from that love. Psalms 27, 13. This is the last part of the first psalm I read to you. Where David says, The Lord 
is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So going down to verse number 13, he says, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Can I, can I say it this way in sort of 2020 terminology? I would have lost my mind if I had not believed that I am going to see the goodness of God. I would have been overwhelmed. I, I, I would have been stressed out. But I believed that I was going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And so he says this in verse 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. He's an on-time God. Yes, He is. He may not come when you want Him. I don't know about you, but I wish He'd have shown up a couple of weeks ago and just went ahead and taken care of COVID-19. He may not come when I want Him, but He's always going to come right on time. And so our job is to wait on the Lord because the Lord is going to show up. Lamentations 3 and 26. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. That means you shouldn't be sitting at home if you're already staying home or you're quarantined or whatever the case may be. You shouldn't be sitting there at home. Oh my God, what am I going to do? What are we going to do? What's going to happen? Where, where are we going to get food? Where, where are we going to get toilet paper? Where are we going to get more hand sanitizer? What's going to happen? What's going to happen with my job? What's going to happen with my family? How am I going to pay my bills? How, how are we going to get through this? I, it's good that a man should hope and quietly I understand the world would call this, uh, 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 they, they would cause this being naive, ignorant. I, I, I read the verses in a different context, but I'll say it again. The wisdom of God is greater than the foolishness of men. Last verses. Very familiar verse that I will conclude with. Isaiah 40 and 28. Hast thou not known? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. I have I, 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 a couple of these briefings that I've watched, whether it's the governor or, or presidential briefings. There have been a few folks that I, I've, I've heard speak that, that you could see, you could hear in their voices how tired they were. As they've been trying as whatever official role they have and helping us as a country or as a state to navigate all this. You could, you could tell they're tired. You could tell they're weary. Can I tell you today, according to the prophet Isaiah, God doesn't faint. God is not weary. 
God is not the least bit stressed out or taxed by these circumstances or any other circumstances we may face in our future. There is no searching of His understanding. There's no limit to God's ability and knowledge. But oh, look at what He does. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, He increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They will walk and not How is it? Can you, how is it that you both hope and quietly wait? How is it that we can do that? How is it that we can do like David said and wait on the Lord? How how can we do what he instructed us to do in chapter 27 and verse 14? Wait, wait on the Lord, be of good courage. He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. How? How is that possible? It's possible when I believe that He's my rock. It's possible when I believe that He's my fortress. It's possible when I believe that He's my strong tower. It's possible when I believe He is my salvation. It's possible when I believe that there is nothing, nothing, nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Paul says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. From the standpoint of a believer, the only thing to be sad over when someone that is saved passes away is just the fact that we no longer have them with us in this life. We've lost their, their presence. We've, we've lost our ability to interact with them in this life. But from the standpoint of the Word of God and eternity, there's nothing to be sad about because the Bible says that absent from the body, present with the Lord. Wow. If we all live with that kind of hope, if we all live with that kind of certainty that I can... Wait on the Lord. And He's going to come. He's going to come and be my strength. He's going to come and be my hope. He's going to come and give me the courage that I need. I, I don't want to be redundant here, but I just, I just feel, I continually feel compelled to say it. We're not just we're not just dealing with a circumstance that we're in right now, and and once it passes, we're all we're all good. We all got this on our own. We don't have it. Thirty seven thousand plus people die a year in an accident. Thousands of people from disease and sickness every year. Family crisis, family situation, financial issues. We need to know every day. That the Lord is my light and my salvation. That His Word is going to be a lamp to my feet. And it's going to be a light to my path. 
want to encourage you just for a few moments, wherever you are right now, whatever your circumstances that you're in at this present moment, I want to encourage you just before we, in a few minutes, turn off the live stream for this service. Together, we may not be physically together, but together in spirit. Would you just would you just let the Spirit of the Lord help to bring quiet and peace, a settledness to you? Would you let the Lord bring you the assurance right now that if you, if your household, if you will wait quietly on the Lord, He's got you. He's got you surrounded. He's got you covered. You're you're dwelling. You can dwell in the secret place of the Most High. God, I pray right now, every individual that's listening, watching, God, the, the peace that I feel in this sanctuary right now, the calmness that we can feel here right now. I pray, God, it would move into every home. It would move into every car. It would move right now upon every individual. You are our light. You are our salvation. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we wait on you. We wait on you. We're going to wait on you, God. When we get up tomorrow, we're waiting on you. No matter what the circumstances may be in the days and weeks to come, we're waiting on you. We're waiting on you. We're going to wait on you. We're going to trust that my steps, according to your word, my steps are ordered by you. Nothing, nothing can separate us from your love, God. Nothing can separate us from your love. I pray right now for every individual who is allowing things to get into their minds and their spirits that is causing them to be separated from what is available in you. Would you touch them right now, God? Would you minister to them right now, God? Would you let them experience right now what is available? I pray, God, for those that may come across this service later when it's already archived it's already done Lord you're not limited to time to a certain moment so I pray right now God if it's somebody that's watching this archive that in the moment they are in right now that they would feel the peace the calm that comes from waiting on you In the name of Jesus, we're going to wait, Jesus. Not just this moment right now. We're going to wait, Lord. 
We're going to wait. We're going to wait with calm assurance that you are going to be our deliverer. You are our salvation. You are our strong tower. We're going to get our eyes off of what we can see. We're going to take our eyes off of what is temporal, that is passing. We're going to get our eyes on what is eternal. We're going to fix our eyes on those things that are eternal. Your word, the promises, the assurance of your word. In the name of Jesus, we're going to wait, Lord. We're going to wait, Lord, in quietness, in stillness, not in anxiety, not in fear, not in torment in our minds, but in stillness and quietness. We're going to wait. We're going to wait. Settle into every home right now. I pray that you would settle into every home under the sound of my voice right now. I pray that there would be a divine visitation of your spirit. I pray, God, that angels would enter into homes right now to bring peace and assurance and calmness and quietness, Lord. I speak peace, God, that when we lay down at night, we're not just going to lay down, but we're going to rest. We're not just going to lay down, but we're going to sleep and be refreshed and renewed because we are covered by you. We're under your shadow. We're dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We're not just going to wait on you right now, but we're going to learn so that we can wait on you in the future. We're going to wait on you, Jesus. We're going to wait on you, Jesus. We're going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait. I'm making up my mind for myself. I'm making up my own mind today. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you because you are my salvation. You are my salvation. You are my salvation. Oh, hallelujah. 